I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource Real Talk About Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. Back for another episode today. Jay, we have been talking about something amongst ourselves for the past few days. Uh, and it's a topic we've talked about on Resource before, but it's kind of timely now. That's been It's been in a few headlines. So we thought we would kind of revisit this topic. Do you kind of want to break down what we're going to talk about? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we did the minion model. This was like one of our very first episodes. You had to scroll way down to find scroll that. Scroll way back. Um, I mean, that's like 50 episodes ago. I'm scrolling now. and It I, actually is like 40-something episodes because this is the 50th episode. 50th episode. Worth mentioning. But yeah. But Anyhow, um, we, we need like some trumpets and fanfare to play. I might add something in there. You might have to. <laughs> okay. Um, so, the minion model. Yeah. We, we talked about... You know what that looks like, you know, and, and that, what was the, like what was the minion well the model? minion model was how most teams develop okay within the real estate residential real estate space, and we had our friend Tom Tool, who was a two time guest here on resource mm-hmm. uh join us to kind of explain the minion model and kind of debunk some myths associated with teams and the things that that a lot of people think go into building a team in real estate right and um you know, ultimately, I think that most of that discussion was how to do teams right. Okay. Okay. But, you know, what's really been kind of working on me lately is whether teams should be done at all. Yeah. So that was, you're already committed to doing a team. Here's the way to do it. And yeah. now we're talking about whether or not to team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to team or not to team. <laughs> to team that? or not to team. <laughs> uh, to, little little Shakespeare there. Okay. So... You know, back then, we talked about the reason that the minion model tends to develop um, is because you have an agent who's qualified, who's good at producing. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily a leader, don't necessarily have leadership experience. In fact, in a lot of cases, has have no leadership experience. Right. Um, But they have more business than they can physically do In, in in the world that we have explained ad nauseum of today's real estate landscape where agents are asked to do more and more and more for less and less and less. Yep. Um, where the results re- reside solely on the shoulders of the agent involved, where whereas in past, only listing agents had to be responsible. Right. <laughs> even if anyone, if they were ever responsible, only listing agents. But now buyers, agents are increasingly held more responsible for the result not just the process. So the minion model results in an agent that's not a leader trying to figure it out mm-hmm. in earnest. Right. Um, you know, a, a fast learner, a, a risk taker, a, a credible professional, someone that is inspiring. Mm-hmm. But they're just really good. All they've proven at that point is when they, they start the team is that they can sell more than they can take care of themselves. Right. So they bring on an individual, a pupil, a, a mentee, mm-hmm. if you will, to help leverage their time. Um, and what, what ensues is the agent goes on being good. In, in a lot of cases, the agent goes on being good at sales. Yeah. 
and goes on being bad at leadership. Yeah, no development occurs. And and maybe the agent develops, and maybe they don't. Maybe or they develop in a direction that's not the direction they might want to go. Well, or they develop it in a direction most often that leads them away from the team. Okay. Okay, so, so it depends on the quality of the individual. This is still a business that is, you know, make it on your own two feet, right? Like, like start where you stand and use what you've got until better tools provide, you know, present themselves to you. Sure. That makes sense. You know, and, and I'm not, I'm not, not guilty of this. When I started, okay, agents was sink or swim in a lot of cases. Now I provided them a lot, you know, of things, but it wasn't always right. There was, Mm -hmm. there was a disconnect. You know, you've heard me talk about the tale of two teams. Well, I feel very fortunate and maybe lucky and maybe, maybe I'm talented. Maybe I've got something to -hmm. do with this, but all the people that I brought in are still in a lot of them out on their own. I'm a broker owner, you know, my first agent ever that I ever hired just recently launched his, launched his own brokerage. So, you know, it's exciting to me to think about that, but I don't know that I, that I was a hundred percent the leader that they needed at that time. So, you know, I worked my way away from the minion model, and I believe we have a truly cohesive team now. But I also recognize that that's not for everybody. Right. And there is a specific moment in time where the agent has to choose. Okay. Um, you know, that, that point of terminal velocity, right, okay. of yeah. them where they're in their business by themselves, themselves, and they can decide to go right and keep doing what they're doing. Okay, um, and that's not straight. It's definitely a right. It's 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 a choice, right? Because um, they're choosing to forego opportunities, right? And and or they can go left and build a team, right? And there are even forks within the team building landscape. Sure. Yeah. But the decision has to be made whether you team or don't. Right. Team or not team. So let me ask you this to kind of put it in perspective. Like you said, it's not it's not for everybody. What is the, and I'm not going to expect you to pull stats out of thin air, but what do you think the projections are in the minds of the kind of our real estate thought leaders of where teams are going in the next five, 10 years? Like, is it looking like we're trending towards more teams or are teams kind of dying out? No, no, teams are definitely developing. It's going to okay. be more and more teams. It's going to be more and more teams so long as the consumer requires more and more for the commission that is that is owed. Okay. And commission compression is a trend. So more for less requires leverage. Yeah. Okay. It just requires it. You can't make the kind of money you want to make in this business without availing yourself some some assistance. Sure. So here's what I wonder. If we are in a, in a market or, like you said, in a landscape where teams are becoming the new norm – is this one of those things where it's like you have to get on the boat or be left behind? Or can you really choose to be not on a team and still be successful? No, you can be successful. Okay. But but you, but you there there's a caveat to that. You have to make the active choice to produce less. You have to be willing to not be able to put out as much as a team could. Exactly. Okay. And you have to find a way to be profitable. Trust me, it's easier to be profitable as an independent agent than it is to be profitable as a team. Okay. Okay. But the scales, the economy of scales. But there's there's absolutely the opportunity. And, 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 you know, maybe we should talk about it in terms of percentiles, percentiles in terms of profitability. Well, the, 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 top, the top of the scale is absolutely teams. The most profitable real estate enterprise out there right now on the landscape 
is a team. Okay. A team that's efficient, a team that's well capitalized, a team that's well supported, a team that is led by a dynamic leader. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, a collective of individuals that are producing at a high rate, month in, month out, year in, year out. Right. Okay. okay. That's the top. Okay. The low end of that is really bad teams. Okay. Okay. And the, before you even break into independent agents, like the whole top is teams, even the bad teams before you break into independent no, 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 agents? No, 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 no. Good, good independent agents are somewhere in, okay. in between. Okay. Follow me? Yeah. And, the, and there is that, like I said, that terminal velocity point mm-hmm. where a, a really profitable, typically really profitable, most independent agents are really profitable. Yeah. Okay. But their top line is much lower than a team's top line. That makes sense. Okay. Their, their, their costs are substantially lower. Okay. What you forego is either one of two things. And, and we talked about this a little bit in our episode with Tracy French. Mm-hmm. You forego balance or you forego production. Okay. It's like one, one, you're- one or the other. It's a seesaw. Okay. Balance and production is a seesaw without a team. Interesting. Okay. So, you know, if, if, if it's me, if it's me, where I'm at in my life with two young children, with a wife that works in the business, with you know be- challenges at balance at every turn, with 10 p.m. phone calls and texts, with you know getting up at 5 a.m. and still nodding 4:35 a.m. and still nodding, not having time to do everything I need to do in a particular day, right? Yeah. I if I'm starting a team today, where I'm at in the landscape, I'm going for balance first. I forego profit for balance. Sure. If I don't achieve balance, I'll never achieve profit. Okay. Okay. Now, everything I do is profitable. So I'm not suggesting you go out and lose money, but I'm saying forego more profit. More profit for at balance. At the expense of balance. At yes. the expense of balance. Okay. So look for, find balance first and then ratchet up profitability. Right. Okay. But, but that's not even what we're talking about here, Gabe. What we're talking about is that terminal velocity point. Sure. Okay? Is it different for everyone? It's different. For, well, yeah, not really. Okay. I think there's a number. I'll give you the number. Okay. I think an independent agent, okay, with a reasonable expectation that no change in their business. Now, I don't mean the guy that crushes it six months and, and reaches this level of production in the first six months. I mean somebody that's at it three or four years, okay, and the market, there's no, no, no real worry that the market is going to take a dip in the, in the, in the you know, reasonably recent you know future right um i mean i mean the guy just that the guy that did three or four years and they're at about 40 transactions okay 35 to 40 transactions depending on price range okay um and and the transaction count matters more than the price range but i I will concede that 35 transactions at average sales price of half a million is very different um in terms of capitalization than you know, 40 transactions at 200,000. Right. Okay. You, you can go farther faster if your price points higher, but, um, so, so there's really not much. Yeah. Yeah. A really efficient, like taskmaster master type could, can push that envelope to 45, 50, 55, 60 transactions before the need, but that's the peak we're talking about. But yeah, it's, it's somewhere between probably 35 and 55 transactions at maximum. Yeah. You decide, I will never do, at that point, you have to make the decision, I will never do more than 55 transactions in a year, I will never do more than 45 transactions, I will never do more than 35 transactions in a year, or I have to start a team. Right. That's a conscious choice. Because beyond that, I start sacrificing 
the amount of balance that I'm not prepared to sacrifice. My life does not look like. Doesn't matter how much money I, I mean, make. If you're, my life if you're at that peak, that's probably someone that their balance is mainly their real estate work day in and day out. Well, yeah, but I mean, they 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 can achieve some semblance of balance, but beyond that point is when they start having unacceptable levels of sacrifice. Right. Okay. So we we all know that there are there are you know caveats and and outliers. Like I mean, Tracy did 111 transactions by herself. Yeah. Which is okay. Which is bananas. Right. But the conversation I had with her, I said, look, you got to decide, you know, make less or get help. Mm -hmm. That's it. Because you can't, she couldn't sustain. You might be able to sustain 35 or 40. Right. And and that's fantastic. That's a great living. You know, you know, a really, really accomplished agent here in our brokerage. We had this conversation yesterday. Okay, I can make a quarter million dollars selling a year, uh, selling real estate a year with relatively low overhead for the rest of my life with absolutely no fear that that would ever change. Yeah. Okay. 250. That's very confident. Yeah. 2 250 operate on 50 or less. I can take home 200k. And year in, year out. Recession, depression, market, good, market. good market, bad market, competition, commission compression, disruptors, don't care. Okay? Do not care. Okay. I happen to have ambitions greater than that. Okay, yeah. I have ambitions that are greater than that. Yeah, for someone that knows they can do that every year, surely they imagine doing more. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be to get to that point and de- to decide that that's all. Sure, that's it, and that's all. That that, that that's good enough. I'm not a good enough kind of guy. Usually people don't get to that point if, if they're a good enough kind of person. Right. Right. Good enough doesn't happen. Now I I tell you what I really admire the clarity for those that I've witnessed. We have we have one here. It's the guy I was talking to yesterday. Yeah, extreme clarity over what he wants. Extreme clarity, like, yeah, he'll do more if he doesn't have to take less. Sure. If he does, you you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and and it's somewhere between that thirty five to fifty five transactions, higher price point. You know, there's and, ways and to he, tweak and, it, and yeah. he can turn it off, and he, I mean, he can shut it off and turn it on. I mean, there is, you know, there and there is nothing wrong with that. I love that for them. Right. I, I happen to not really be wired that way. So my way is go for limitless. Okay. Okay. Limitless result through limitless impact. Okay. I build the team more to impact people than I do to make more money. Okay. Like you've seen it firsthand. We, we were five strong when you started probably. Right. Now we're 25 strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, it's, and it's a very different team too. Not just because of the makeup of the team, but the principles, the ideas. It's a, the it's a very different team. Yeah, it just is. And there's and there's a lot of different ways that I can do it, but I chose to do it this way because it gives me limitless opportunity for impact. Interesting. And along with that, you ever hear you ever hear you want to make a billion dollars, solve a problem that affects a billion people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, similar concept. That's all. All right, so so I, I don't want I don't want to dovetail. You look like you had a question, but sure, you made me think of something. Uh, as you were talking about that, I want to go all the way back to the beginning where you were saying that the minion model, right? It happens when you have someone that's not really meant to be a leader that finds themselves in a sort of leadership position. So when you said you fast well, forward now, I didn't say they weren't meant to be a leader. They just weren't a leader. They yet. could potentially not be. They had not. To be a their leader. leadership skills had not. But been they cultivated. just. They, but yeah, they have not developed. I, I, what I'm saying is they have not developed. A okay. Leader. Then they were thrust into the leader role without being 
or prepared. yeah, they, not thrust. They chose. Yeah, they chose to become a leader before they were prepared to. be. Well, that's what I want to talk about is choosing. So you mentioned something when you were talking about the agent that you had the conversation with. You said, you know, I could do. They eventually, you have to at some point do all this or create a team. And I thought, hmm, create a team or is join a team an option? So it's like when you say to team or not to team, does that mean create a team only or could joining a team be a possibility for these people? Are they, I mean, they're um, obviously different. Creating a team obviously has a lot more responsibilities attached than just joining a team. But for your person that says, I can do 200 year in, year out, but eventually you're going to have to get help if you want to go past that level. Is joining a team a viable option, or is that a step back for that person? Hey, no, it's it's not necessarily a step back, um, but it's just a lot less likely. I mean, obviously, someone, clearly, this is someone that could create a team. So, why would they join a team? Is the is the well, thinking here? But I, I think I think you you um, I think there are very few teams out there like ours, Gabe. Okay, um, where top producing real estate agents can see themselves being a part of it with longevity. Mm-hmm. I think most teams are stepping stones and most teams frankly should be because they're not that good. All right. So what, and even the best, hold on, even yeah, the ahead. best teams are stepping stones in some cases for some people. And it's all about right. what they want. What's all about what the team member wants. So I don't think you see in high frequency, someone who is, is experiencing challenges because of how much they've been able to produce. Mm-hmm. Go look, to be led by somebody else. Those are typically people that were independent enough to make it happen on their own without the, the structure of a team built around them. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, so it would be like a regression almost. And I'm not saying they shouldn't, they probably, some of them probably should like, there are agents out there that do 35 transactions a year that should take a 50% pay cut to join our team because they're going to work less and make more. And, and what, if it's not about that, what is it? What is it about? Sure. Okay. Um, but it's hard to convince people of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, once a, they've, it, there, there's a very big path, you know, we have agents on our team that would have been just fine starting out as independent agents, you know, and if if they had made the sacrifices and done the things that they needed to do early on, then they would have been of the mindset and have the context that they would always be independent or create their own team. But they're still on our team because it's all they've ever known, and they love it. Yeah, it's See, just hard to get someone to open their mind to that retroactively. And that makes sense because I mean that's that's where I was going with that. I was say I was thinking to myself if I'm an audience member right now that's. Uh, in my car listening to this episode and I hear you and I'm like, oh, Jay's talking about me. I sell 40 houses a year. I'm in the car all day long. I'm always working and... Returning emails at 11 p.m. I'm making good money, but this is as much as I can physically do. I don't have enough hours to do more, but I cringe at the idea of having to be in charge of other people. Like, I'm I'm a very independent there, person, but... There are people like ugh, that. Like, the, the idea of leading a team sounds disgusting to me. But should I join it? Join a team? Would would there be any benefit to me joining a team, or do I have to go out and create my own in order to level up? You know, uh, um, I don't want to sell anyone short. It just takes a very enlightened person to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, most people, most people, okay, people are flawed, right? Mm-hmm. We're all flawed. I'm flawed. You're flawed. We're all flawed. All our listeners are flawed. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, Bad news. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> but um, you, you know, people tend to minimize the attribution of negative to themselves and maximize it to other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. They tend to maximize attribution of positive traits for themselves and minimize others. Like if, if you and I work together on a task, 
Okay, and we are at true 50-50 contribution Mm -hmm. on completing a certain task. I'm going to walk away thinking that I was 60 and you were 40, and so are you. Sure. If anyone's ever done a group project in college, they know exactly what you're talking about. Absolutely. The other guy's always the goat. Yeah. Right? But but so so it's hard, you know, I mean, I've experienced that a lot when people have left the team. You know, people people always, when they when they move on, think that they're owed something because they did this and I made you that and I do this and I did that. It's never about what you did for me, mm-hmm. right? Or or what the other person did for you. And 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 that's and that's just a curse of people, I think. Um I just think it's the very same it's the very same human flaws that keep people from seeing that if they did join another organization um, they're fixated on that commission split and they're just not going backwards in their mind. Right. Even if they would work less, be well supported, produce more and take more home. Yeah. That's hard to get people to, to really see that. Yeah. I can understand that. Well, let me ask you this. If we are, if we are trending towards more teams in the real estate world. Okay. And some of our listeners, like you said, they're at the point where they're like, okay, I think I could, I think I could run a team. I think I could do that. If that means more money for me and more peace of mind and more balance, let's go. Um, Here's a question. What do, what do you think like the average lifespan of a team is? I mean, is there a way to like start your first team and just have it go in perpetuity forever? Or do all of them kind of like have the arc? You know, you talk about like a team, you start small, you hit a peak, and then it kind of like washes out as people get good enough to where they leave to go do their own thing. Is that inevitable? No, or is I mean, I think it is. I think it's inevitable if you don't see it coming, which I didn't originally. Yeah. Um. Or, or I didn't even. I, it's, it's it's not that I didn't see it coming, Gabe. I didn't. I don't know. I had no expectation. I guess I asked that okay. in a weird way. No, 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 no. It, it, I I love the way you asked it. You know, especially with the hand gestures. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe the people on video will be able to see that. Right. Um, <laughs> Gabe did the arc thing with his hand. Um. So no, no. Seriously, if you don't prepare for it, yeah. I mean, every. I mean, if you'll remember those days, right? Like I didn't do for quite some time. I didn't. I didn't add any people. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, we weren't clear on why and what. Everything was intangible. All the value was intangible. Like the people that were a part of the team were very inspired by me, I think. That's why they were there. Um, they had certainly less experience and they leaned on me for that. Sure. Like, and I did the best I knew how to provide them what I felt like they needed, but I had no, I had no foresight for what it would look like in the future, right? When people, you know, felt like, Okay, Jay, I got it. I got it. Now I'm good. Mm-hmm. Right? I didn't I didn't plan for that day. Like you can look at our team now and see that if the the, the A players, the A plus players decided to do something different, there are people standing right behind them waiting yeah. for those opportunities that help the A players get to where they are. Okay. You follow me? So and, that's there, the and thing. there are players standing behind them waiting for that opportunity to level up. There's just you know one thing that I'm really proud of what we've been able to do is build the culture of the team. It's all like, it's a thing now. Like it behaves like it's a thing. It mm-hmm. does its own thing. The collective thought of this team is, is greater than the sum of the parts. So what's the thing that becomes really scary, right? Once you have that culture in place, you have a team with a great culture. Everybody can read each other's minds. You're a well-oiled machine. The scary thing becomes adding new people to the mix, right? And you're like, what happens if we add somebody that shifts the culture and we kind of lose what we had? And I think I think you kind of, in a way, helped me arrive at the answer to my own question. Like, the 
I was thinking the inevitable end for a good team is that everybody becomes so good that they leave. And I'm like, well, that's almost self-defeating, right? But the answer is you keep bringing in new people to follow in the footsteps of the people that do leave when they get to that level. And your team is always constantly in the state of growth at the same time that it's, you know, developing people, even if it means developing them out. But so... It, I mean, is there ever a time when growing your team too fast is a bad thing? Or well, absolutely. Grow, too fast. Or too fast, yeah. Too fast is always a problem. Gabe, that's just the question. Like, y- you, you hit the nail on the head. The question that is at the root of to team or not to team mm-hmm. is that if the leader is committed or not to consistent never-ending recruiting growth and development. Right, which could be a challenge. Consistent, never-ending recruiting growth development. I am never done. You know, fashion is never finished. Right, we've said that on the podcast before. Like, fashion is never finished. This team is never finished. We are always growing and developing and recruiting. We're always... You know, filling up that bench, man, because the second the one guy gets tired, the next gal has to step in. So what do you say to the listener that's like, uh, I get it, Jay, but I like, I've got an eight agent team and we are killing it and we all are just like on the exact same page. We all are just, no, we've can, got so much in common. Our culture is good. We all hang out all the time. We're all great friends. And the thought of bringing in new people is kind of, it's just like a friend group. It's like well, inviting somebody to your lunchroom table. What do I say? Because, dude, I mean, we got that. We got that with 15. Sure. Okay, so what do I say when people ask me how many people we want on the team? The answer, I want all the right ones and none of the wrong ones. Hmm, okay. And there is no number. And and the great thing about having what we have is a team culture right now. You know, and culture is such an overplayed word, but I mean it's so perfect to explain what we have. Yeah. Is we have this just amazing culture as a group. But it gets the great thing about that is it gets crystal clear, Gabe. It gets crystal, crystal clear when someone is a fit and when they're not. Yeah. And, you know, you, you stop reaching. You stop reaching to find people to fill a seat because you need a few more deals to make your marketing budget look like you're it, never doing it's desperate growth. Yeah. yeah, there's no desperate growth, there's no growing too fast. Impulsive, I should have said. Impulsive. You know, growth. the people the, you know, the people that are meant to be here are here and the people that are not are not. And it should go without saying that like you said at the beginning, everybody's flawed. Nobody's perfect. There's probably going to be a time where you bring somebody on your team and they're not a culture fit, but that's not the end of the world. I mean, that doesn't mean cancel the team, you know, start a fresh one. You know, sometimes you just have to make the hard decisions. Gabe, anybody considering starting a team would take ours. Like if you could wave a magic wand and mm-hmm. their team could be what we have, they take it. Every single one of them. I know that because they're considering it. If they weren't considering like we are the definition of what a team needs to look like. Yeah. Okay. Now we haven't achieved everything. No, you know, production isn't where I want it to be. You know, we, we, you know, have a great group and I have fun at work every day. But the point is, you know, anybody that is pursuing the idea that they should or shouldn't start a team would, would accept what we have. The challenge is getting from where they are to where we are mm-hmm. and the sacrifices and the wisdom and the presence of mind that is required, the discipline, the self reflection, 
the owning it when you screw up yeah. as the leader, that's the hard part, man. So to team or not to team, it's perfectly fine if you don't. But you know, there's a few things that are just a requisite, man. You got to be willing to assume never-ending recruiting development. Never-ending. Okay, so that... And, and you gotta will, you got to be willing to impact others because that's a ton of the value. Right. That's okay. kind of the point, yeah. Yeah. So let me say one more thing about teams. There... And I think this is probably the reason... This is probably the reason that most people quit teams or... I don't think most people... I don't think this is the reason people don't start teams because I don't think they foresee this situation. Okay. This is the reason that most people stall, stay where they're at, and have a team like I used to have that is destined to end. Yeah. Or um, just decide to get away from teams and go back to independent altogether. Okay. Okay. Um, The reason is, is there is a dip in profitability in a mid-sized team. You get to a point where marketing... Several staff positions are absolutely necessary. Marketing, transaction coordination, you know, might be an ISA, might be a media person, you know, ops, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Like those positions are, are, are absolutely needed and, and staff is your, is really your biggest cost. And so profitability takes a huge dip and it, 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 you start looking at your P&L and thinking, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like I was netting 200K and now I'm at 150 with twice the production. Yeah, I'm doing, we're doing twice the I've production. Got, I've got five agents. I've got a marketing person and a TC. Okay. We're doing twice the number of deals that I was doing by myself, maybe three times, and I'm netting less money. How is this possible? Yeah. And why am I doing Why it? am I doing this? Well, it's, it's a lull. You know, if it were easy, everyone would do it. Right. And that's not a permanent state of your business is what you're saying. No, absolutely not. But it's but a dip that comes right before what? Right before a J, uh, right before the J curve. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a spike. It's a dip before a spike. But here's the thing. And it's a dip. It's not in production. It's in profitability. Yeah. Okay. And I think people get hung up on that. Right. And they, and they abandon the idea of building the team that they could, that they, they are capable of building in favor of a bastardized version. Right. Which is, you know, they start stripping away value from their agents to grasp an, an extra ounce of profitability. Right. Okay. In the short term. And the agent mentally or actually starts stripping away a little piece at a time the value that they perceive the team to, to, to lend. Okay. Oh, well, these leads aren't very good. Oh, well, I don't like the way she processes deals. I'd be better off doing it myself. Oh, well, Zillow's not that great. Oh, well, well all these videos, they've got his name on it first. Like, right, right. And then, and, and then it starts. And then it starts to creep and creep and creep until it reaches a critical mass and <laughs> it explodes. Right. Okay. Um, that's when all that, that, that it's, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if it's a husband and wife, brother, sister, or team of complete strangers that decided to be a collective. It's just people are people and you can't ever expect them not to be. Sure. And so you got to be careful with that because that it's a struggle. Those teams are destined to end. That's a minion model. And there's a few other models, but, um, they don't last. 
So in recap, let me make sure I got this right. Sounds like what you're saying is there's two options for the person that produces at a high level as an individual that are both perfectly valid. One is just continue doing what they're doing, and the other one is to go off and start the team. Uh, But each one comes with something you have to be prepared to do. If you're going to do it on your own, you have to be prepared to never make more money than you're making now and always be outpaced by teams. If you're okay with that, then fine. And if you're going to start a team, you have to be okay with the lull before the J-curve, right? You have to be okay with growing pains, and you have to be okay with people. You have to be able to, that means culture. That means that's talking about growth. That's talking about problem solving. But all of that comes with a, you know, X, you know, multiplied by whatever you want amount of growth. Absolutely. That is, you're capable of. Limitless growth, limitless earnings, limitless impact. Yeah. Things that you'd never have to deal with as an individual, you'll have to, you'll have to shoulder in order to reach that growth. Or you just have to be happy with never growing past where you are right now. Yeah, no, I mean, and and yeah, you will, but you can actually grow past where you are right now. But yeah. you're you're going to make not exponentially. You're going to not exponentially for sure, but you can grow. But you're gonna you're gonna have it's going to cost have, you something. It's going to cost you, and it's, probably balance. Probably balance. Yeah, in some form or fashion. If you're an agent listening to this right now, trying to make a decision, you're at that thirty-five to forty-five to fifty transaction a year. Um, situation and you've been there for two or three years and you're trying to decide and you're like listening to these words. I, I think the thing that you have to you have to really you can really compare starting a team to is how I've often said that in real estate we are one of the unique industries and I think this this is a big reason why I don't think agents will ever be replaced and disruptors will wipe out the bottom of the market but not but not the really credible professional. Yeah. You absorb as a real estate professional, your clients' insecurities. You absorb their personal circumstances. You didn't create them. No. But you find yourself wanting to apologize for them. But it sure. wasn't, even though they're not your You're fault, along for the ride, for you're, sure. You're, you're in the front seat. Like, you're not just along for the ride. You're like, you're strapped in. You're the pilot. You're yeah. the, and you're the pilot, actually. Yeah, you're right. Um, so it's the same way, but even more so. Because the relationship between a team leader and a member is more intimate, I believe, than a client and an agent. Because, I mean, you're 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 directly related to how they feed their family. Sure. Okay. It's not about a selection, to, a, a, a a purchase, like something that's an aspiration that they're. I mean, this is like basic human need here. And when they're not when they're not making enough to feed their family, you're you're right there with them. So, and when you build a team, you better be prepared. To come to them with empathy, with, with, you know, skin in the game. Like you are them. You're right there with them, and yeah. be prepared to absorb all of that because their success is directly linked to yours. Exactly, exactly, and theirs to you, and, and vice versa. Sure. Okay. So you know, be prepared for them to lose their mind when something doesn't work, and do, and, and pursue things that are completely out of bounds. Completely throw the script out the window, <laughs> the the success script, not the not the know, like not the FISBO expired script. script. <laughs> yeah, so the the success script, have them throw it out the window. Have them change their goals fifteen times in a month. You know, be there. Okay, I mean, for the blood, the sweat, and the tears, that's what you need, and you gotta love it. I mean, to get to the to get over that through that trough and onto that J curve. I mean, that spike, that hockey stick that mm-hmm. everybody talks about, you got to be there and you got to be there authentically and you got to own it. I mean, you, you just do. 
I mean, that's and, and that and that is why, you know, I sit here and profess to you that I'm in the team business for impact, not money. Yeah, I think it impact directly impacts the money. You know oh, what I'm saying? For sure. I think the amount of impact you're able to have on <laughs> they, your team they are is directly, directly related. Prop- they are directly related. They're they're parallel lines on the on the x y axis. Yeah. That, I mean, that's 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 the gist of to team or not to team. Yeah. Well, I think that probably leaves a lot of our listeners, especially the ones that this directly applies to, with a lot to think about today. Folks, if there's one thing I know, it's teams. I've been through the ups and downs and doing this a decade, okay? And, you know, if you ever are intrigued by this particular episode, if you find yourself at the precipice of to team or not to team, reach out. I mean, we, we, we ask you every episode to go and find us on iTunes, to like and follow and subscribe and write reviews and go to our website and get our free stuff and listen and tell us t- tell us what you think. We appreciate that. But this more than ever, okay, I have meaningful, relatable advice that I can share with you. So reach out yeah. to me. Um, I've never really done this before, but I'll give my email address on the podcast. It's jjay at pitsteam.com. J-A-Y at Pitts, P-I-T-T-S-T-E-A-M.com. Email me. I'd love to hear your feedback, answer your questions. Team building, whether you're here in Louisville or somewhere, you know, throughout the United States or Canada, and you're listening to this, I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, we'll be back for another episode real soon. Until then, 50 is a wrap. 5-0. 5-0. Also, <laughs> remember, even though Jay didn't mention this time, you still can't subscribe. If you do, if you want to write a review, you can still write a review. But we, we'll be, we would definitely appreciate it. Yeah, we'll be back next time with, with resource real talk about real estate. See ya.